0: January 27th, 1976. Amazed at how many people take you literally. Oh yeah, yeah. The other night I was talking about my vast file of trivia, and so I get a very official letter from some guy, and he says, "Dear Mister Shepard, if you considered uh, donating your vast file of trivia to Yeshiva University, we have a program here." <laughs> well, people today, you know, they, they uh, yeah. It's it's a uh, uh, speaking of uh, of. Uh, of the concrete mind. What, I don't know whether you have the same little gripe that I have, but uh what is it with uh, with uh, almost everything today including things like uh, TV guide, uh, television uh, listings and radio listings. Do you know that one of uh, people have written me and says, "Shepherd, why are you not listed in many radio program listings?" I, are you curious why? Well, I'll tell you why. It's because they won't list you. Unless you tell them beforehand what you're going to do, that's the truth. And 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 on that one radio one radio editor refuses to list you. He says, no, no, the, you know, he won't list you unless you tell him what you're going to do. And I said, well, you know, that's like telling the people, you know, what uh, telling the, the, the punchline of a joke tonight. Shepard will tell a funny joke that involves a whale. You will be surprised when he. <laughs> It, they're absolutely serious about this. And so I know one guy who gets himself listed in the paper constantly because he gives them totally uh, erroneous things he's going to do. Uh, tonight, uh, uh, Charlie Quetzman will interview uh, St. Peter. And, uh, of course, they're they, the absolute deadpan. They write it down. <laughs> now, that that may sound like, to you, very funny, but I, I happen to know that, that most of the TV guide, most of the listings, they will not list a thing that doesn't have, let's say, where that depends on surprise. Uh, so a typical TV listing will be, uh, let's say, uh, the Charlie Brown Comedy Hour. Uh, Yes, this riotous comedy hour is brought to you every Wednesday night at the same time. Tonight's mystery surprise guest is Elliot Gould. That kills the whole mystery surprise guest schtick right there. (laughs) And and why do people have to know this? Then they'll say, uh, Carol Burnett does a hilarious skit where she pretends that she's her own mother-in-law and hides under the bed. What the hell is this? Uh, and now this this is this really bugs me to be told. Oh yeah, the other night, for example, uh, this guy uh, the, the TV set was on where I happened to be, and I came this announcer saying, he says, uh, uh, tonight's movie is Fail Safe. Henry Fonda plays the president. When we are suddenly uh, a mysterious accident occurs, causing uh, us to launch an H bomb towards Moscow, and the Russians retaliate. Uh, New York is destroyed, and so is Moscow, and the surprise ending. So stay tuned for... for oh, just like that. Who is this clown? And uh, so I... I uh, then there's one, one uh, network that keeps coming on with this girl, this real vapid-looking girl. You know, she comes on, and she tells you the plots of all the shows that are coming on that night, see? And, uh, yes, yeah, she tells you the ends of them all, too. So her, her typical thing... <laughs> you know, she should say... Yes, be sure to stay tuned tonight for Cannon. When Cannon discovers that he's been secretly being traced to his hideaway by his own mother-in-law, yes. Oh, come on, for God's sake, stop it, will you? I mean, and she kills all desire to see it. You say, "Oh, that sounds like a dumb plot." (laughs) Wants to see that, and I keep thinking of of great announcements, but but uh, every time I see this, you know, I got a no. Let's face it, I got a bad head, and uh, every time I. I see these things. I keep thinking of of great announcements. For example, bring me a little little of romantic music. Uh, Tonight's program listening. (laughs) You love to hear this. Tonight's program listening. We always have those oily sounding announcers. Tonight's interesting episode of The Waltons features John Boy. Tonight, John Boy confesses to Gramps that he's turned gay and the exciting adventures that follow make up tonight's issue of The (laughs) Walton. I'm sorry. (laughs) How about this one? Tonight's laugh-filled Mary Tyler Moore show features a wonderfully funny incident where Mary Tyler Moore confesses that she is pregnant to Ted, the funny newsman, and the complications that follow are hilarious. Archie Bunker is mugged on the double-A train. We visit him at Bellevue in tonight's riotous
1: episode. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, what a
0: bad mind. What a bad mind. Hey, you know, uh, I I must say this, though. Those plots of shows. uh, What if I... uh, (laughs) if you ever take a TV show and you, you break it down into its basic plot components uh, and then match it up with anything that you've ever heard of in real life it, uh, you know it's, it's very difficult uh, you wonder how guys uh, how, how, for example the rookies have you ever noticed that show that the rookies every week are, are single-handedly solve a fantastic international case. And, and many a cop will go through his entire professional career, and I've known some cops, and never once break a case by himself. I mean, you know, he may catch a guy once in a while stealing hubcaps or something, but they're... <laughs> and they do it with absolute aplomb. At, at no point in the end are they paraded down the street in the back of a car, and the mayor comes and gives them a badge or anything. No, they just go right on next week, next week's adventure. Uh, this is another fantastic case this is WOR New York and while we're on the subject of cases can you imagine a a scene where if I came on I said uh, look I'll tell you won't do Manny Uh, there's two writers see these are called writers that's not writers it's writers two writers are uh, sitting in their office just off Sunset and Vine and uh, these guys uh, you know one guy's name is Fred Pot, and the other guy's name is Alfred Boiler and uh their company is called Pot Boiler and the Pot Boiler Productions, and so the, you like that <laughs> so old pot and old boiler is sitting there. See, and, and one of us says, right, "You know, you know, man, thing, uh, ain't we? We just got that. We got The, the trouble our shows is that we don't have enough action, and and you know, we had that forty-seven-minute car chase in the last one, where these guys kept driving up and down over the San Francisco Bridge." And uh, they kept... The, the one guy jumped off the bridge with a parachute. You Remember that one? Well, we got all kinds of complaints. There just wasn't no movement in it. There was no action. Now, we got to start doing action. After look all, what, look what Fred did the other day. Fred had this show where uh, Richard Boone uh, stood between the entire city of Los Angeles and a death-dealing earthquake. And the way Boone handled earthquake was fantastic, especially after the second commercial. Now, we got to do something. Now, i got an idea. I was sitting at home, you know, and um, and what is it people are interested in? Well, I got to thinking about that. Sex, right? Okay, all right. Sex. Now you gotta have sex in every show. Now uh, everybody's interested in that. I mean, if you ain't interested in sex, you ain't watching television. That's all right. Now they're interested in crooks, right? Every other show's got a crook on it. Every other show. You're talking about the only time that Sesame Street ever comes alive, you know, really comes alive, is when the Cookie Monster steals the cookies. And that show makes sense to a lot of kids. Now, crooks, you got sex. Now, what else uh, are people interested in? Well, I was going to tell you what they're interested in. What's the newest trend? For a long time, everybody's been on horses, right? And everything you saw with Henry Fonda riding down a street with a dusty street with a uh, who, a uh, Kirk Douglas, right? Well, that's all over. Nobody wants Westerns no more. That's all over unless they're uh, kind of put-on Westerns, you know, like Mel Brooks' stick, right? All right, blazing saddles, all that stuff. Well, i got an idea that the next newest wave is going to be under the water. Now, back in the early days of television, we had Lloyd Bridges, right? He spent all his time under the water, and that was very popular. Well, that's been 20 years now, and it's time for that to come back. A lot of people are into scuba diving, so i got an idea to combine it, too. Now, I'm to have a, I have a guy that's a crook. I'm, I'm writing this uh, scenario right here, and I want you to listen now. All right? A guy's a crook, right? And in his spare time, now, he he wants to escape. He wants to escape from a cannon. Now, in his spare time, actually, he is planning his escape. Down in his basement, he builds a midget submarine. And then, when cannon chases him down, he jumps off the wharf into his midget submarine, and then you have an underwater chase between two submarines. Now, that would be a chase. I'll tell you, we've tried to other a kind of chase, but on underwater one two, we had helicopter chases. We had one helicopter chase, the picture I was working on, did it in Yugoslavia. We had 422 422 burning helicopters in one scene. Now, that, after that, you know, what can you do, you know? So we had helicopters. We've had chases with tanks. We've had chases with jeeps. We've had chases with squad cars. We've had chases under the L, we've had chases over the subway. Now it's time for chases between submarines with nuclear weapons. And they fire off these uh, underneath. And you've got Lloyd Bridges running one can and running the other. And if you can get maybe say uh, uh, oh, maybe somebody like Henry uh, Garthino. Kelly Garthino, it's great. Yeah, I had him in all the shows. Henry Garthino, he's he's the cop up on the shore and he's telling Canada where the wake is going, you know. Oh, it's about... now we've gotta have love interest, right? Okay. Going away on this crook's subway, uh, on this crook's his submarine. Stowing away is, um, uh, how about um, oh somebody, you know somebody's nice round. You got somebody because when you get on the subway, you know, you're like a nice full girl. You don't want any skinny girls down there. How about um, oh well, you can you can work out something like that. Maybe maybe Tyler Moore, right? So uh, she's pretty happy days. Now you think I'm kidding? That's the way they talk. But I would like to suggest to you, friends, now you, you heard that plot. You said, that's a crazy plot. It's a s- silly, ridiculous plot. Well, it is my contention, and it has been my contention for a long time, that if you ever actually started to put life on the screen, the first guy that would say it is not believable is Bob Williams of the Post. <laughs> he loves... <laughs> he loves message shows. Constantly, you got to have a message, and it's always got to be the right message. You know, if uh, if you ever have a message that's violence, is kind of groovy. Oh wow! But uh, nevertheless, I have a feeling that if you were to ever put real life on, like like one night, now, I'm, I'm the, the, the things that happen, which you cannot believe that you're seeing, that happen continually in life. If you did it on a TV show, no one would buy him. Guy out in prison the other day, driving along. All of a sudden, a truck passes him. Then he's sitting in his car, driving along, and they, they go around the to- uh, a corner, and the truck, the back of the truck opens up. Out comes a piano and lands right on the hood of his car. At which point, he had a hell of a time with his insurance company, who says, nobody can convince us that you ran into a piano. On... <laughs> All right, now, now if you saw that on a, on a chase, the piano coming out of the back of the car, well, you wouldn't buy it. Now, now one night one night I'm driving along in Fairmont Park in um, in Philadelphia. It's a very dark park. And I'm driving along in Fairmont Park and I'm, I'm whistling down the road and a guy goes past me at 5 o'clock in the morning just getting right out guy goes past me. held that for election. He's going. And he's got the back of his car. He had a car that had a big trunk in the back. And the trunk is open. And he's got it tied down with a piece of string or a rope or something. And in the trunk, he had some furniture. You know, he had the top down. he goes past me. And, and, and we're going down through the park there. It's 5 o'clock. Well, I don't know why he did it, but he was driving maybe 65 miles. an hour, 70 miles an hour we go whipping around a corner there. He hits a pothole. The trunk open like that, and out of the trunk comes this television set, the TV sets about 20 feet in the air, and it's turning over and over, see, and it lands on the street, kapow, like that, and slides along, and he swoos to a stop, and I jump out of the car, and like almost instantly, there was about 10 guys all standing around, like like looking down silently at a, at a corpse, we are all standing there looking in sorrow at a dead television set. It was like we were observing. <laughs> you know, you have the feeling that, that you were present at 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 the death of some beloved person. And uh, now, whether that guy was charged with manslaughter, I don't know. But uh, it was just this moment. I like <laughs> one morning. I'm driving along again. I'm driving along Fairmont Park. See, and and uh, I come I come around the corner there, and it's 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 just about again. It's about quarter to six in the morning. Six six fifteen. Just getting light. See. And, and I see this guy on the bank. Well, when you see a guy at 6 o'clock in the morning on the bank of the river, that's the river that goes through there. There's a river that goes right through Fairmont Point. And, and when you see a guy at 6 o'clock in the morning, you tend to look at him. See, there's nobody else on the road. I was all by myself. And there's this guy. And what is he doing? It's fantastic. He is, he is, he's, he's got a hold of a, a, a fishing pole, a short fishing pole. And he is fighting like hell. He's got a gigantic... <laughs> so I see this he's got an enormous fish on his thing. <laughs> At which point I just can't help but see, so I, I stop and I I pull over and I, I get out of the car. It's, I got time to go where I'm going, and I walk over and here's this guy, he's fighting his fish. And I said, uh, I says, Hey wow, I said fantastic. He's still bothering me, don't bother me He says, This thing's gonna get away I says, What do you got on the end there? He says, What do
1: you look like, stupid a fish? <laughs>
0: At that point, I get back in the car and I drive on. Now, he was fighting a fish that must have weighed six, seven hundred pounds. I mean, the way it was pulling them around, see, and I, I was going to help him. So, well, you know, after you get told off like that, you get back in your car. All right, go ahead. If you're going to get pulled on the river, go on, you know. And I drove off. So, <laughs> all right, you know, you see these things happen all the time. And nobody ever, no, if you saw this stuff on a TV show, you'd love it. Now, I want to, now, I, 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 the reason I brought all this up, What's for this now, Los Angeles. Now, of course, naturally, it would be L.A. L.A. is where the whole world is coming together, man. All the world, you know, every every head, every cuckoo bird in the world is in L.A. Anyway, L.A. <laughs> I don't know how to say this, but here it is. It's a, it's a United Press article. Now, you remember the, 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 the plot... That I had uh, pot and boiler discussing what was the plot about? Right, was it about a guy escaping in his own submarine. Did he build himself? Right. Okay, listen. You you'd say, oh come on, who could do that? Uh, okay. Well, I will read this in its, in its exactitude. It wasn't only Bob Wilson's. By the way, I have to salute. Uh, I, I have to salute Howard Cosell. Either Howard Cosell was the most literate man I've ever heard on television, or the most illiterate man. I can't. You can't decide which. He he creates his own words. You notice that about Courcelle. No, I don't think he he, he does that perfectly. <laughs> He's always having things eventuating. Yes, and it's never eventuated, Frank Gifford. Yes, well, I, things eventuate, I suppose, if you wait long enough. Let them, you know, let them simmer in the pot there for a while. Add a little uh, bay leaves, maybe. They'll eventuate while, uh, while uh, you're eventuating out there right now, folks. We'll give you a little time to do a little eventuating of yourself. Please hit the button. As the prices go up, 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 World
1: Famous Harvey Seafood House on Third Avenue at Thirty Fourth Street has reduced prices. World Famous Harvey Seafood House on Third Avenue at Thirty Fourth Street wants even more business. So
0: we've reduced all entrees from fifty cents to a dollar. We added a choice of six complete dinners at five ninety five and six ninety five. You save as much as $2.
1: That's savings. If we get enough extra business, we're smart. If not, dumb, dumb, dumb. World famous Harvey Seafood House near 34th Street on 3rd Avenue has free two hour dinner parking. World famous Harvey Seafood House serves only the finest quality seafood available. Cholesterol free fish makes Harvey Seafood House a must for diet conscious, heart conscious people. You.
0: Do yourself a favor. Come on over to the world-famous Harvey Seafood House on 3rd Avenue near 34th Street. You'll enjoy. American Express and Diners Club welcome.
1: Now, cover Corral with your old pal Buck Board, the most complacent cowboy in West Humdrum, Wyoming.
0: Some folks call this a boring laugh, sipping Cava coffee all day,
1: watching the grass grow and whittling little horses. But not me. This kava is so smooth it get goosebumps with each new cup. Kava, kava. There's nothing boring about the smooth taste of kava instant coffee. Kava is rich. Even black, it's not bitter. Because kava's the only coffee that's 90% acid neutralized. Now, that's a big word you can say.
0: sleeping kava is like lying in the grass on a hot
1: afternoon. Have a cup of kava. What a cup of coffee.
0: Yeah. Morning, stranger. My name's Beck. I sip smooth taste in kava kava. And whittle little horses
1: all day long. Hmm, sounds boring. <laughs> Tune in again when we're all brought to you by Cover, the great smooth-tasting instant coffee with the really ugly label. Cover from Fortnite. <laughs> Hey Andy, how are you? Hello, Paul. Listen, have I got a tip for you, no, no stock market. That's no, no. Good. Get yourself over to the Morosco Theater to see the I... funniest play on Broadway. I did. It's called Living Together. No, I tell you, it's really funny. It's like, yeah, belly laughs, kind of funny. No, Paul, hold on. The funniest play on Broadway is Table Manners. What? You got the name of the theater right. It's the Morosco, right? but it's called Table Manners. Cai Barnes says it's absolutely hilarious, and for once, I agree with Clyde Barnes. Hi guys. How are you? Listen, I just got to tell you about this play I saw. You look wonderful. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. yes, sir. yes sir. Just see. I. 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 I saw Round and Round, the Garden uh-huh. the Murasko. I never left a heart in my life. No, 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 no Living Together. <laughs> uh, it stars Richard Benjamin and Paula Purchase. <laughs> and Ken Howard and Estelle Purchase. And I, Nelson and Carol Scheller. <laughs> yeah. And they're all in Round and Round the Garden. So a man, <laughs> living yeah. Together. They're round and Round the Garden. No, no. <laughs> no, listen.
0: Any way you look at it, here right here. The Norman Conquest. Three totally
1: different, equally delightful evenings in the theater. The Norman Conquest. I just think one. Oh, Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Work, work, work. How come women work so hard? The February issue of Woman's Day magazine offers some provocative views. Could it be that a family always needs mother, or is it just that mother always needs to be needed? And here's medical news of major interest. There may be a connection between the pill, hormones, and cancer. Read what doctors have learned about the effect female hormones can have on the growth and spread of cancer. On a lighter note, how can you have an absolutely perfect haircut? Simple. Just see what Vidal Sassoon has to say in the February Woman's Day. You won't want to miss his 10 tips on haircutting. And everything is coming up granny squares. This month's Woman's Day shows you how to make shawls, hats, pillows, and more, all from colorful crocheted granny squares. The instructions are in the issue. And remember our square-by-square square contest? You'll find special prize winners to knit and crochet, too. Look for the red, white, and blue cover with the woman wearing the beautiful granny shawl. Instructions to make it are in our special Granny Squares feature.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're thinking about that guy fighting that fish? <laughs> well, I often think about it myself. I mean, 3 o'clock in the morning, I sometimes look up at the ceiling, and I see that guy eternally fighting a giant fish in the Schuylkill River. Now, I have no idea what kind of an obscene fish would be living in the schoolkill River. <laughs> well, I want to tell you this. He, wa- he wa- weighed roughly about like a quarter-ton truck. I mean, he was really fighting that maybe. You know, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, well, I had another one happen. Uh, Philadelphia is a place where a lot of this kind of stuff happens. I, I don't often talk about my Philadelphia days, but, but uh, uh, there's, there's, you, you have your choice in Philadelphia. Either you go crazy or you leave. And uh, and I left. I, I took off fast, man. I uh, tell you, uh, well, you know, Richie Allen said it all for that time. Yeah, Richie Allen's the only guy that ever played first base in, in uh, Philadelphia wearing a safety helmet in the city of brotherly love. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was a wonderful time. So uh, this, I was sitting out at the ballpark one time. The Phillies, you know, they always do this great stuff. That, uh, if if people in this town think the Mets are funny. Uh, and, and wild stuff happens at the Mets. I don't think the Mets are a funny ball club. I think the press made them made them funny. They don't do any funny out there. Uh, what what you really see some funny stuff out at the out at the, the Phillies games. For example, they always open the season with big ceremonies. Among one ceremony was this guy that came down on a great big chute in a kite. You hear about that one? Oh yeah, yeah. He was he was the Batman or something, and they opened the, cellar, the the seasons, the whole big thing, and he comes whipping down the thing. He got caught in a crosswind, uh, opening day, and uh, his left wing raised up like that. He did a quick barrel roll and crashed in the three dollar seats. Well, the crowd cheered like hell. So he he really went in, and only in Philly would you get cheered for crashing. You know, just about breaking your neck, and he goes crashing in there. And it was the opening of another disastrous Phillies season. That was an omen of things to come. Well, I'm sitting, I'm sitting in in the ballpipe one day with this guy that I knew, and uh, he had his kid with him. You know, there's a myth around that kids like to go to ball games, but uh, uh, he had his kid with him. See, so we're up in the up in the upper deck, and uh, there's a big crowd. Why there was a big crowd, I have no idea. There was a big crowd there. It wasn't because of the Phillies. But there was a big crowd, and it was a, a lot of excitement going on at the ballpark. And this, this, uh, we're way high up in here. We're looking down, see from the upper deck, and we're about uh, roughly oh, just about ten feet uh, the other side of the first base, on the shot, right there, right by first base. So you got it, right? So we're sitting up there when all of a sudden one of the guys up the bat, he 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 slices one, so a foul ball. It goes, when it whistles up. And it makes a great big lure. I see it coming right at us, man. And I holler, Jack, a foul! Oh, wow! uh, We leap, and and at that point, Jack leaps up in the air. The ball hits a metal stanchion right above us, behind us. It bounces down, bounces up again, and it lands, comes right down into Jack's hands. Poway, just like that. And he's overjoyed. He says, "This is the first time.
1: Twenty-five years I've been coming to ball games. It's the first time I ever got a foul ball, I got a ball."
0: You know, the whole crowd is cheering, and you know how they always wave it at the TV cameras. say and, and at that point, he says, I got a ball. Then he did the dumbest thing I've ever seen happen in a ballpark, any place. He hands it to this kid. His is with him. He says, "Here, Charlie. Here's a ball. I got a ball." The kid takes a look at it, and goes, "Uh," and he throws it. Oh, my God, he threw it right well up in the upper deck, and the ball sailed right out and down into the lower deck, and all these clods are sitting down in the lower deck. You know, what they expected, they didn't expect a ball, because they hadn't gotten a the ball. They see the ball coming, oh, you say, oh. This guy looked at the kid 25 years. He's been one of the ball pack, and he's never gotten a ball. And this little dumb cluck takes the ball <laughs> that's the—that's as close as I've ever seen to actual murder being perpetrated uh, by you know uh, what, what would it be called infanticide. And I might say that there were extenuating circumstances. No judge in his right mind could have given that guy more than four or five minutes in jail if he did strangle that little louse. You know, <laughs> he just threw the ball. And then, he, didn't, yeah, he didn't. Well, you want to hear other goodies? Well, I mean, these are all things that you see in life that I think would make great little TV subplots. <laughs> you know, Graffs kills John Boy because John Boy throws foul ball back. <laughs> well, all right, listen to this now. All right, you think I'm, I'm uh, inventing life? Okay. Okay, wait a minute here. <laughs> it wasn't only Bob Wilson's homemade submarine that floated, authorities maintained, but he was also on the lamb. Many of his checks floated. Wilson's picture appeared in newspapers and television broadcasts last week along the West Coast after the Coast Guard had hauled him back to shore in his homemade submarine, which was about to sink. <laughs> they pulled him back, and only after they pulled him back did they discover that Wilson's real name is James R. Ringrose, and he is wanted for $7,000 worth of fake checks. And that he was using the midget submarine for his getaway. Well, now, to begin with, now, would you believe a name like James R. Ringrose that he's made a midget submarine to escape? <laughs> and not only that, he's just going to try to go underwater to Catalina Island. That's roughly like trying to escape from New York by making a fast getaway to Staten Island. You know, that's not much of an escape. <laughs> that's the, yeah but now that's a great plot I thought that's a, ah, that's a fantastic canon plot right there perfect plot and um uh, oh sure I, I uh, like uh, in this this business now I've wondered why they don't ever use much radio and TV as background for all kinds of hanky-panky oh I've known did, did I ever tell you about this friend of mine who, who was putting fake commercials on the air Oh yeah! In fact, he he he, <laughs> he drew accounts on the company even. <laughs> oh sure, he would he would. You know what he was doing? This guy was was writing fake checks with the name of something like uh, We Kill 'em First Exterminator Company, and he invented this company. See, and then he would come on the air and do commercials for the We Kill 'em First Exterminator Company. If you've got cockroaches and bat bugs in your house we'll take care of them and then he would go down to the place where he's cashing his checks and says look I, you know these these people are paying me these checks because I'm, I'm getting uh, uh, this is talent fees for the checks uh, for what I do with these can quite a cash big chair five thousand ten thousand twenty thousand dollars and they would listen on the radio and they'd hear it and uh, after about thirty thousand dollars worth of this he took up residence in Uruguay and I understand he's doing quite well on TV down there. Uh, indeed, <laughs> he's selling revolution kits. Uh, yeah, you want me to tell the story about the Volkswagen Why? You thought that was a funny story? Well, let's see, I know 20 stories about VWs. Which one do you want to hear? Oh, the one that came down the, uh, yeah, down the ramp at me backwards? Oh, you mean driving along and the one that came off the thing? Well, I didn't see a VW one time. I saw Pinto come off one of those things one day. <laughs> oh well, you know. I'll tell you. Uh, I think. I think. Uh, I think life is is uh, replete with uh, with with more stuff than you can ever possibly. That's why I don't. I don't watch much TV. Because TV to me seems so canned and so uh, so pale compared to what's going on right outside on the street uh I mean I, and how many car chases can you take before you begin to paw all of them? I guess the public is ready for infinite numbers. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. well like the other day you know, this this is a, this is a the kind of scene that you just don't see on television. you know you, you constantly see shows about wildlife, right? I mean uh, about every five minutes there's some guy selling dog food and doing a thing about the disappearing cheetah or something on television. All all, all shows are about uh, an endangered species. Well, I think the most endangered species of all in our time is the same person. That's a true endangered species because, first of all, he's, he, he he keeps fighting himself, too, because you keep saying, what's the matter with me? Why can't I get involved in Rhoda? Why do I think this is terrible? And uh, everybody else was wondering, hey, did you see Rhoda last night? Hell no, I didn't see Rhoda last night. I might have seen Marcia, but not Rhoda. I mean, uh, well, yeah, Rhoda. I've never heard of her. But uh, that's that's another story. That was the Virgin Islands, which was she was anything but. But uh, that's <laughs> we're getting into some deep waters here, and I don't want to, You know, the, the innocent may still be around, and the guilty too. But yeah. Uh, I, uh, I, I one time uh, speaking of of uh, I don't know. You know, I don't know why we we uh, we we can't accept reality like. Like, for example, speaking of seeing great things happen, um, there, was a, there was a big thing that appeared on TV recently that was on all the TV news about how everybody got excited up in, uh, where was it, uh, uh, Alabama or someplace, where this rocker was rocking on the porch mysteriously. Ah, come on. 5,000 people immediately showed up to look at the rocker, and that's exactly what the crowd was. 5,000 people standing out in front of this house, this rocker, mysteriously moved. You heard about that? Listen, I've lived in at least five, if you call that haunted, I've lived in at least five haunted apartments. For example, I lived in an apartment where the floor was so cockeyed that if you put your shoe, you took your shoe off and put it on the floor, the shoe would walk across the floor all by itself. would disappear alcohol and often go right down to the corner and have a drink. Now (laughs) Now if I had if I had opened up the window and hollered, There's a haunted shoe in here. Look, the shoe moves by itself five million people would come in and John Chancellor would interview me. I'm living in a house with a haunted shoe. Well (laughs) I don't know, you know. So Much like the time I was I was down in uh, down in Florida you see great things in Florida too just as you do around Philadelphia. I was in Florida one time and I see this guy riding on a 10-speed bike and you know 10-speed bikes are all very you know the big DLC so he's riding along and he's got he's got all the 10-speed bike equipment on he's got the you know that uh, that bicycling jersey on and he's wearing one of these funny little hats and he's got the dedicated look that they all have. I somehow relate 10-speed bicycle riding with the T-shirts, with uh, Guanola, uh, with uh, <laughs> with voting for Eugene McCarthy, with uh, all these things seem to go in a package. And uh, he's riding along, you know, he's looking very, very, uh, very official. So he's riding along like this, and I see him going around the corner there, and it's, it's, it's right by the Inland Waterway. You know the Inland Waterway, right? So he's going along and the inland waterway is off to his left. There's a little grass there and uh, it, there's a little concrete abutment which is only about an inch high really, just a little concrete thing. And the waterway, he's riding along on the road, see, and he's going along and all of a sudden he hits what looks like an acorn, some little thing in the road, see, he's going real and he goes, I can see his wheel starts to wobble like this, he cuts across the grass, he's frantically riding along on the on the concrete abutment and the next thing I know, Scoot-coot. In he goes. Well, that <laughs> was a great moment. I, I just kind of liked to eat. And he's, you know, you'd say, oh, that poor man, isn't that terrible? No, the water was only about four feet deep there. So he stood up and looked kind of silly. And uh, he, I, I rushed over there, me and a couple of other guys, you know, who don't eat granola. Uh, we, we pulled him out we, and <laughs> we pulled him out. <laughs> and, and, and as we pulled him out... As we out, this, this guy said, uh, "Why don't you ride something safe? Like, why don't you get a Pontiac or something?" Uh, this is-